everybody. I'm glad you're here. Uh, We're going to keep going through our study uh, in the book of John, looking at Jesus and his I am statements. Um, Does anybody remember last week's statement? Light of the world. All right, so tonight we're going to be looking at uh, I am the gate and I am the shepherd. We're going to look at some groundwork for that. Uh, But just to review where we've been, we've already looked at three statements of Jesus. We've looked at... Uh, he said, before Abraham was, I am, right? And uh, he's talking to the Pharisees and he's saying that, right? So he's claiming to be God, right? This God in ages past, who spoke to Abraham, spoke to Moses, who worked in the lives of uh, the people they look up to, right? Jesus is that God. He says, I am. Next, we looked at, uh, what did we look at? What did Jay look at? Bread. 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 Bread of life, yes. Is anyone else hungry? <laughs> We're getting close to dinner time. So, The bread of life, right? And we talked about how Jesus meets us in our needs and meets our cravings. Right? That's, that's what I'm still chewing on every week. Like, if I have a craving or a thought or a need, like, am I taking that to God? Am I trying to, to, to meet that in my own power? Last week we looked at Jesus said, I am the light of the world, right? And there's three responses people have to that light. Anybody remember those responses? Yeah, the, the spotlight's on you and you're found out. What do you want to do? Some people try to hide from the light. Right? We saw that some people try to put out the light. Right? We saw that they tried to do that to Jesus. They tried to kill him. What was the third response people had to Jesus saying, I am the light? They accept his grace and they can stand in the light. Because of what Jesus has done for them, they can stand in the light. So Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am the bread of life, the light of the world. Right, and as we keep going forward and through John, we're going to get to I am the gate and I am the shepherd. And right between all of this, there's this kind of this iconic scene with this man born blind. He's going to bridge the gap from I am the light of the world to I am the gate and the shepherd. So if you've got a Bible, turn it on or open it up. Hopefully your Bible has enough battery for tonight. We're looking at John chapter 9. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just echo what uh, what Jody said, Lord. Please bless our time as we look through your word. Please give us eyes to see your truth. Help us to know and apply that truth. Please be with all those precious little ones in nursery and kids' church. Lord, we ask the same things over them. You'd be shaping and molding their minds and their hearts to know and apply your truth. I pray that you would bring belief and salvation. Lord, I pray that you would make it all of our greatest desire to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so John 9, right? It's John's the only place that records this story, so there's no parallel text, nothing like that. It's going to take us from I am the light of the world to I am the gate and the shepherd. As we study what happened in chapter 9, what happened in chapter 8 right before? 
If you look at verse uh, it's 58, right in chapter 8, Jesus just got finished saying, before Abraham was, I am. What did the Pharisees do when he said that? They pick up stones. They try to kill Jesus. Right? And one of the most amazing scenes in the Bible, what does Jesus do? I don't know what it looked like, but he disappeared. He hid himself and disappeared out of the temple. That's what happens right before chapter 9. Where does Jesus go right after that? It's to this man who was born blind. The God of ages past goes to this man. So let's read a couple verses in chapter 9. As he passed by, Right? There's just been an attempted murder, and Jesus is passing by. He saw a man born blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, can we please help this man? Is that what it says? No, it says, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Right? You may be thinking, that's really weird for them, right? These are the disciples. They've seen Jesus make bread out of nowhere, feed people, heal people, cast out demons. That seems like there's not an ounce of compassion for this man who was born blind. Right? It just highlights the theology of their day. Right? If you're having a bad week, your health isn't there, you must have done something. What was it? Right? You must have done something. Right? Can you see the two-way street that this creates? I'm having a great week. I'm healthy. I'm healthy, wealthy, wise. God's happy with me. <coughs> Jesus gently but truthfully and firmly corrects them. Jesus answered in verse 3, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Right? As we sang that last song, we said, God, in my life, be lifted high. Right? This man did that, and he paid with it, right? His, God was working especially in his life. This time was appointed for him. He had this special challenge given to him by God. He's going to be born blind. You're going to encounter the God name. It's going to heal your eyes. Right? In his life, God will be lifted very high. All right? So a few verses prior, Jesus says, Before Abraham was, I am. Now we're going to get to another one. In verse 4, Jesus speaking, We must work the works of him who sent me, the Father, while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. All right, remember, people can run or hide from the light. They can try to put out the light, destroy it. They can stand in the light. So what does Jesus do next? Right? This is another one of those scenes where like, I just wish I was there and could have seen it. Jesus... Lays in the dirt, spits in the dirt, rubs it together, right? 
Last week, Jesus was doing something in the dirt as well, right? I wonder if he did this a lot. And he walks up to this blind person. I won't ask for volunteers. I spit on the dirt, pick it up, put it on the mud. Put yourself in that man's shoes. You've never seen Jesus, right? But you've heard his voice. You know his name. You felt the touch. Put yourself in his shoes. Most commentators are going to point you back to creation, right? How did God create Adam? From the dirt. Right? Ash to ash, dust to dust, right? Still the same. Again, Jesus is constantly reinforcing the idea that he is one with the Father. He's doing the same things the Father did. So we have this blind man with this mud mask on, right, on his eyes. What does Jesus tell him to go do? Down in verse 7. He said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. In the past we talked about there being an impossible problem, God giving an impossible solution, right? Uh, A lot of commentators point out that Jesus tells this blind man to go somewhere. We don't know what it looked like. Did he just stumble? Did he have a friend who took him there? But it didn't matter what the challenge was. The man obeyed. He went. His eyes were healed. Right. It's not clear if his eyes were healed or if they were, they were made. We don't know. So what happens next? In verse 8. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No. But he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. And I went and I washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. So this amazing thing happens. He goes and tells friends, family, the neighborhood. What do you think the reaction should be? Joy, right? Celebration. That's the word I wrote. Celebrate. This man born blind now can see. That's not what we're going to see. We're going to see, instead of celebration, we're going to see skepticism. I'm all for being a healthy skeptic, but the evidence is there. So we'll pick up again in verse 13. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. We're going to get to the problem. Verse 14. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him, 
how do you ever see this sight? But he said that um, you put mud on my eyes, and I wash, and I see. Right? It's the fact, right? Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. The others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such things? Assuming Jesus is a sinner, how can he do this? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about it? Since he has opened your eyes. He said he was a prophet. Right. Blind man doesn't know just yet who he has just encountered. So instead of celebration, right, we're met with skepticism. And there's almost this inquisition, right? We should be having a party and celebrating, but there's now this like court case almost playing out, right? So what happens next? They bring in the man's parents, right? Can we prove that this happened and why? Let's pick up in verse 18. The Jews did not believe that they had, he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age. He will speak for himself. Verse 22, John writes some little commentary on what's going on. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be the Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, ask him, he is of age. All right, there's some pretty amazing things going on in this passage. Right? The Pharisees are forced to what? believe that this man born blind was given his sight. They're forced to believe. But that, that belief doesn't lead them to where the blind man's belief leads them. We'll talk about that later. His parents, right? Instead of that celebration, right? They're almost like distancing themselves from him. Like, hey, I'm bringing down a lot of thunder, right? Talk to him. Don't kick us out of the synagogue, right? You're starting to see those three things again from the light. You see the parents trying to hide. Talk to our son. Talk to our son. Please don't kick us out. You see the Pharisees trying to put out the light. We can't, we can't beat up the parents too much here, right? Getting kicked out of the synagogue in that day wouldn't be like getting kicked out of church now, right? It wasn't just a synagogue across the street. Right? Once you are out, you are out. Right? And, and this man's parents are already the subject of everybody's skepticism, right? Did they sin and cause their kid to get blind? They're already on the out and out. So we can't kick them out further. So even though I, even though I wish they had had more courage, I, I can empathize with them. So instead of celebration, this inquisition continues talk to the parents, 
We're going to talk to the man himself. All right, we won't read the whole account, but let's pick up in verse 30. Pharisees are questioning him and trying to figure out what happened in verse 30. The man answered, why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes? We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in utter sin. What would you teach us? They cast him out. It's pretty amazing that this man of limited education, limited social status, education, training, he's able to stand toe-to-toe with these men who, who know all the rules. They've written the rule book, right? They can't answer him. All they can do is cast him out and throw in a snide comment. Because the man spoke on behalf of Jesus, he was cast out because of Jesus. Right? He was associating himself with the light of the world. So what did they do? In order to put Jesus out, they put him out. So put yourself in this man's shoes, right? He's blind. He's, he's a social outcast because everyone has been questioning, what did you do to mess up your life? Right? You brought all this on yourself. Cast out of the synagogue. His parents removed themselves from him. <coughs> he's just there. What happens next? We read the next few verses. For the second time, God seeks him out. Verse 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, Who is he, sir, that I may believe in, the son, may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. This is such a beautiful moment. We have God seeking after this man twice, working in his life. It's all coming together. Why was this man born blind? For the glory of God, for this miracle. We see a new life emerge, right? A new spiritual life. What is the first thing this new believer does? worships. He worships. But who's there to ruin this beautiful moment? Who's there to ruin it? Not these guys again. For the past four chapters, they've just been hassling Jesus and everybody around him. Verse 39, Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, like this man. And those who may see may become blind. 
But some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. Apparently the Pharisees witnessed this whole thing. I guess they were kind of out in the community, right? Jesus seeks out the man. I guess the Pharisees are following him, hounding him. He asks the man born blind, who do you say I am, right? I want to believe, Lord, but who is it? Jesus says it's me. He believes and worships. And meanwhile, Pharisees see that. They continue to judge. Not only is Jesus breaking all kinds of Sabbath rules, now he's receiving worship. I have to get rid of this guy. I have to get rid of this guy. And this is the context for next week, right? Not to be too much of a cliffhanger. When Jesus starts talking about strangers and sheep, caretakers, thieves, and robbers, it's this scene that sparks that whole conversation. What should have been celebrated was met with skepticism. As we, as we seek to close tonight, we're going to jump ahead into John 10 and look a little bit at the gate and the shepherd. John 10, verse 7. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees, assuming the man born blind is still there. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. You notice some interesting parallels between what Jesus says and the man that's born blind. It says, they won't listen to the voice of a stranger, but they will listen to the voice of Jesus. What does the man born blind do? He knows Jesus' voice. He's seeking it out, right? He wants to believe. He won't follow the Pharisees. He won't follow. Jesus makes it clear that he is the only way to join the people of God, the kingdom of God, No other. No other. And what is God leading his people to? Life and life abundant. This doesn't mean that everything's always awesome. This doesn't mean that the bag of money is going to fall from the sky. It's spiritual life and life abundant. There will be a newness of life. There will be purpose in life. There will be fruit. There will be a casting off of the old ways and taking on the new. This man believes and is saved. Born out of his new belief is worship. 
So remember we said earlier the Pharisees believed, and now we see this man believe. The man born blind, he believed, and what did he do? Worships. The Pharisees put the evidence together, and they believed that the miracle happened. What did they do? They cast out the man who was born blind, and they seek further to kill Jesus. It's two different cases of the word belief. You see the fruit of those two beliefs. There is only one door. This is Jesus. This is a simple and foundational truth that gets warped and twisted. It's under constant attack. Right? Similar to the light. Some people seek to fully discredit Jesus. Right? They dismiss him, right? Well, Jesus wasn't a real person. Those events didn't happen. Right? Those are just made up stories. Right? Jesus says, I am the gate. Right? Instead of dismissing, some seek to, to add to Jesus, right? It's not good enough, right? got to do these, these rules, these steps, right? A lot of the New Testament letters were written to defeat those ideas. You never know when a thief or a robber is going to be at your door. Right? You, don't to, you don't have to raise hands, but if anybody has ever been robbed, it's a horrible feeling. I've never had my house broken into but my truck has been broken into one time. It's a very particular thief. This was back in the day when you had to have a, a sleeve of CDs. It was before the iPod was invented, right? You don't know what life was like before that. <laughs> Indulge an old person. <laughs> so this thief, right, it was my own fault. I left my truck unlocked. Less than for the day. So they look through my CD case, right? A little bit about myself. I had some country music, Christian, rock and metal. They went through and stole all the rock and metal CDs and touched <laughs> the country music of the Christian. <laughs> so I didn't realize I had been ripped off. But days later, I went to go put something in and I was like, I've been robbed. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had my house broken into or anything like that. But as we close tonight, I want to leave you with a story of a, a, a spiritual robber coming to my house. This is probably the first year or two of, of my marriage. and It's Sunday, sitting on the couch, relaxing, trying to remember what life was like before kids. Right? It was one of those weekends, right? Just relaxing, quiet. And we hear this at the door. We're not expecting anyone. I go to the people. Two guys standing at my door. A short guy and a tall guy. So I open the door and say, hey, how can I help you? Right? I don't remember how the conversation started, but they were door-to-door witnessing. I thought, oh, cool. This is really cool. Maybe I can just encourage these guys and send them on their way. They were preaching a gospel of Jesus plus. Right? 
believe they were with uh, Church of Christ. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but um, I don't know if there's some partnership with AA, but there was Jesus, and you have to do these 12 things. These 12 things. And one of them specifically was you had to attend their church. Right? And we went, we went back and forth. And the conversation really ended at an impasse. They said, someone who believes in Jesus and does these things earns their salvation. And I said, well, I believe that someone is saved and out of that salvation they bear fruit in these different ways. The difference is subtle. We looked at James and all that and finally they, they went on their way. Right? My parents especially, it's this for everyone. There are spiritual robbers out there. They are seeking to lead you astray from the gospel. Then the lookout for them. As, as we'll see next week, we lead our families and we lead ourselves by following the shepherd, by only going through the gate. It's only Jesus. It can't be anything else. No 12 steps. There's no specific building you have to go to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and will be saved. Watch out. There are spiritual robbers out there. Keep your eyes up. for your work in the, the man who was born blind. Thank you for the work in his life. God, I pray that you would be continuing to open our hearts to see your word. God, I pray you would give us understanding and help us to, to follow your word, Lord. I pray you would give us discernment to see the, the thieves and robbers who are out there trying to lead us astray from your word. I pray that we would trust in you and not anything else, Lord. Jesus' name, amen.